Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Roberts, we are recording. Nice to meet you, man. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me on your show. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. And, you know, pretty interested in talking with you because it seems like what I read about you, you've had kind of had a a good life, but also a kind of up and down, kind of a rough life at the same time, dealing with a bunch of random, not random, but of dealing with a bunch of shit, I guess I should say, you know, and just uh, what most people probably don't go through in their lifetime, I would think, correct? Yeah, that's, you know, pretty much hit a bunch of a bunch of different walls, a bunch of different issues, you know, overcame a bunch of stuff and created things that I never thought I would do, you know, and all all from uh, diversity, I guess, just basically, you know, challenges, challenges, overcoming those. Sure. So in, in this kind of given everyone a brief background about yourself, why don't you just go ahead and do that? I mean, I know you're a, fire, a firefighter. I know you're helping people as far as fitness game now, and I know you've kind of jumped on a little bit of a plant-based medicine, so... Yeah, just kind of give people an idea of like who you are, and that way they're kind of know what we're might be talking about this evening. Yeah, I'm a 18 year veteran firefighter. I'm still active duty here in South Florida. Uh, I am an active, uh, well, I say active at my age, as active as I can be in in, in the fitness in the CrossFit industry. A couple of years ago, I was competing a lot, so you know now with injuries, it doesn't happen. But yeah, I started down the uh, the plant based medicine when uh, my daughter. Uh, got addicted to opiates from a car accident. And that led me down a path of, uh, of basically mental healing, physical healing and finding alternatives and innovative therapy. So, uh, to actually get that done for myself as well as other people. Yeah. I'm one of those CrossFit bros too. So this should go very oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I'm right there with you, man. So, and so just going back, I know, you know, 18 years on a, on a fire department. I mean, did you always want to be a fire department? Was that the goal since coming out the womb or how did that come about? No, 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 no. I was, I was always a personal trainer coming out the wound. So, you know, I, I was always in the fitness. Uh, uh, I've broken almost every bone in my body at least once. So I spent most of my time in the gym recovering myself. So, you know, I learned how to actually maneuver myself properly, how to move properly. And I really started getting into the uh, the fitness industry and how that could happen. I started training uh, professional hockey players. I'm originally from Canada. So I trained professional hockey players out there, moved to South Florida, uh, met my wife in a gym. We opened a couple of fitness studios and then, uh, you know, at a bright old, uh, bright young age of uh, 35, I says, you know what? I might want something that I can fall back on later down in the career. You know, let's be a firefighter. Firefighters cool. They get to break shit, break down doors. You know, I've always been a thrill seeker, do crazy <laughs> stuff. 
And then when I went through all the firefighting stuff, I realized that I got to do all this medical stuff too, which I was not prepared for. I'm like, all right, if you say so. (laughs) Yeah, man. And, and, and just touching on that a little bit and based on some other podcasts I've heard and I've always heard that people who are police officers have won't always wish they would have been a firefighter compared to being a police officer. You ever heard that before? Oh, we hear it all the time. Actually, every time we run a call with the uh, the police officers, we tell them, "We think you wish you were us, right?" <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we get all the love, but you know, we play they play that little game of, of dropping uh, dropping patients off on us, like, okay, you know, toe pain, call right here, let's call a rescue so we can get out of here. <laughs> so it's a little give and take now with the with the police officer and everything else, but they're they're a cool bunch. You know, you can understand police officers. They're you know, they're, they're kind of like firefighters and military people. They're type A personalities like us. You know, they got a job to do and, and they try to do it the best they can. So you didn't you weren't prepared at the time to handle like, you know, all the uh, the health part of it. Is that what you said? Like you just said something you just had to start learning and like the C- you talking about like CPR and first aid type stuff. Yeah, that- yeah, I was like I, I could care less about that. I was like, you know, I want to want to break down a door, you know, run into a burning building, you know, you know, do do <laughs> Just do shit like that, you know, not like CPR and start IVs and, you know, you got the sniffles and, you know, take you to the hospital for some, you know, craziness, you know, half, half the calls nowadays in the, in the 911 industry, never, I say about 90% are all bullshit anyways. It's just, you know, somebody, you know, I got a headache, you know, well, what'd you do last night? I drank all night. Okay. Well, that's called a hangover, dude. You don't need to go to hospital for that. Oh, but I want to go, you know, so, you know, I wasn't prepared for all that stuff. Yeah. And so. And then it, you know, what what got you into CrossFit too? Was it part of the firefighters type stuff? I know some of them kind of train more or less in that fashion, but yeah, back I think um, back in I almost went to the first CrossFit games. I think it was two thousand seven. I think or two thousand early days, man. You were yeah, the early days. I, I actually went to do a, a, a hazmat class down, a, a, and it was I was away, and I was talking to a teacher there. And the problem with hazmat, a lot of issues are we deal with dirty bombs and, and clandestine labs and everything else. A lot of people get a tunnel vision, and so the teacher says, you know, so you don't, so you practice not getting tunnel vision. Is you try this thing called CrossFit, because what it does is raises your heart rate, but you still got to pay attention to what you're doing. Sure. You don't hurt yourself because it's a great uh, way to actually focus on raising your heart rate, breathing really heavy, doing a lot of work and still knowing where you are so that you can slow down and understand what's going on around you. And I went, all right, let's see what this crazy stuff looks like. And, and I went on, you know, like everybody does in the first time we get into CrossFit, they go to the CrossFit.com and I'm like, all right. And this is the same story everybody tells. And I always think it's, it, it's BS, but it, it literally did. I was in LA Fitness. I was still working in LA Fitness and I'm like, all right, this thing, you know, 21, 15, nine of, <laughs> and this thing, uh, pull-ups and this thing thruster. I'm like, Oh yeah. Only 95 pounds. And this is a cakewalk, mm. you know, and you know, as well as I do, that thing kicked my exactly. ass. And I'm like, all right, I'm hooked. What do you, what's tomorrow? What's next? Yeah. I know what you mean, dude. Uh, everybody remembers our first friend, any crawl crossfitters does it just because everyone looks at it just like pull-ups and thrusters 95. Like you just said, like, you know, like you said, cake, man, like this is what y'all do. No wonder CrossFit gets a bad name. Right. But then you do it and you're like, Oh, like, Oh shit. You know, like, oh, exactly. Yeah. I just did friend last week, to be honest with you, man, but it's still, it still sucks. I've been doing CrossFit for roughly 10 years and it's still like, you know, that stupid saying that, you uh you don't really get better you just get faster at it or something like that it's just like that's what happens man still just still stings man every time but yeah and i i tell everybody that they used to yeah i I own a crossfit gym too so i tell everybody who comes in he goes you know 
don't don't worry about not being able to do this stuff because we won't be able to do this stuff too but we're just doing it at our level so it's completely the same we're feeling the same thing you're saying you're feeling at your level it's just a completely different level yeah that's what i try to tell new people too or that come into the gym it's just like hey man leave your ego at the door don't worry about these people over here you know doing muscle ups and all this ran there picking up 315 and all this bullshit man just worry about yourself get a workout in and then all that will come, you know, it comes, it won't be on your first day. Yeah. There's probably outliers out there where who people can just walk in and do that, but man, yeah. just focus on yourself, bro. Exactly. Yeah. Just try to make it through the day and hopefully you're not too sore that you come back. Yeah, yeah exactly, man. That's exactly it. Like people don't understand this. Like, Hey, I don't want you to, you know, get hurt today. And that way you're two out two weeks and then you're focusing on something else, man. Just be cool, man. It'll come just patience and time. It's all you need. All you need. Exactly, man. But so, you were you always like an athletic person growing up? And yeah, I I I, start, I played I played soccer. I had a scholarship to go uh, in Canada. I played soccer. I had a scholarship to go from high school to college. I blew a knee out. Damn, I lost a scholarship. Uh, I was also a freestyle skier. Uh, was supposed to go to the uh, eighty-eight Olympics. Broken arm. <laughs> you know, pretty good then, man. Wow. Every, time, every time I was getting close to something, I broke something. So it was like, you know, every time you think you're that good, you think you're invincible, something bad happens. And, that, and that's basically what happened to my my athletic career. But yeah, I kept doing it. There's, you know, I've dropped girlfriends like like hotcakes. I says, hey, listen, I don't know about you, but I am going to work out whether you like it or not. And if you're not going to stop me, so this is going to be an issue. We're just going to stop now. Yeah. So that's pretty big time to almost go to the 88 Olympics. I mean, was that just like your one focus was like just train just get there and like you said you like you told the girls like hey you know sorry see you man sacrifice but i'm trying this is my goal i want to be in the olympics yeah it, we were you know it was it was it was tough i knew the guy one of my friends went he was a he's like actually won i think he won the gold medal in the 80 olympics but yeah it, it was it's tough it's it's not an easy sport it's you know it really beats your back up your knees up but you know i was always back strong leg strong so soccer and uh, freestyle skiing was 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 my uh my thing, man. I wanted it. And so is this kind of where you started learning about ways of recovery? Like, you know, so you could, like you said earlier, so you could keep lifting and keep going at, you know, an older age rather than just walk through life with certain pain. Exactly. You know, what ends up happening in, in Canada, it's socialized medicine. So when I went to see my the doctor for my knee, which took another three months after the accident, the doctor goes, um, you, you a hockey player? I'm like, no, I'm a, skier i want to go back skiing because well, do you make money skiing like no he goes okay well we're not going to do surgery in it find another sport find another way you're screwed okay well that's not what you tell a kid that's 16 years old you know 15 wow. 16 years old you're screwed find something else so uh without uh any surgery i start studying how to recover uh my legs and my knees and everything else and that's how i started learning you know how to actually rebuild from injuries and i'm still do it today. I work with the orthopedic group here, you know, as their strength coach, because it's movement is important. Full range of movement is important. You know, the way you do stuff is important. And especially in the lower body, that's where everybody gets screwed up. They're all like, you know, sure. you know gym rats where they're all buff on top. They wear, their, they wear the, <laughs> they wear the jogging pants and then <laughs> wear the jogging pants at the beach. Cause they got no legs. Cause you know, we all know when we do legs is painful. But, you know, they're they're like the redwood tree. It's, it's your base. You're, if you don't have that base, uh, all the weight's going to topple down and, and you're going to get injured. Exactly, man. It comes back and haunts you if you don't build that steady foundation. And people just don't, like I said, kind of said earlier, they don't really understand that fact that 
Yeah, and I know it's not sexy to train legs, and that's probably not what you know the girls go after. But I mean, still, I mean, you got to build a foundation of some sort, just because exactly like what you just said, and it'll come tumbling down eventually. Yeah. Um, the old saying is, we tell everybody else, you don't break your hip, you don't fall and break your hip. The hip breaks and you fall. That's that's how <laughs> it works. <laughs> I like. It. I gotta remember that one. And, and so, and mo- looking at recovery, and you know, trying to heal yourself and everything, is this kind of how you? segue into plant-based medicine or was this something more with what, what kind of what you said earlier about opioids and stuff? It was both actually, to be honestly, because I was going, uh, I was for the last, uh, I think three years ago when I was still competing in the, in the CrossFit games, I think it was four years in a row. I made top, uh, 100 in the, in my age group in CrossFit and I was trying to get to the, to the games and I was beating myself up and I had that one, one major workout in the CrossFit games where you had to do something ridiculous, like over like 900 double unders. Oh God. Well, that completely destroyed my Achilles tendons in both feet. And, you know, being a firefighter and all of that with all the gear on, it's like walking on shards of glass daily. And I did everything from acupuncture to cryotherapy to massages to orthopedic to uh, chiropractors to podiatrists and uh, steroids, everything and nothing cured it. Absolutely nothing. I would, and I was downing like 3000 milligrams of Aleve daily for over a year. And I'm like, you know, my liver is taking a taking a shit kick in here. And this right. is not something you know, you know, we want to do on a, on a long-term basis. A year is basically long-term. And that was the same time we found out my daughter was actually uh, addicted to opiates at the same time. So we went down like uh, this whole cannabis thing. In that time, cannabis wasn't legal in the state of Florida. Of course. I was ordering it from California to test it out. You know, I tried it on myself first before giving her, because, you know, I'm one of those people that wants to try to see if it works before I actually say anything works. I get that. And when you order stuff that's illegal, you know, it comes in a DHL uh, shipping thing and it looks like a little bottle of perfume or something. It doesn't look like what it is, you know, so whatever. I try it. And, and, you know, fitness guys like us is like, if it tastes shitty, but it works, we're still going to drink it. Of course. Of course. (laughs) This stuff tasted like crap, did absolutely nothing for me. And I'm going, you know what, this whole hemp based marijuana thing, you know, I'm not, a, I wasn't a pot smoker or, or drug user in the past. This has got to be some way of just making some sort of money. Yeah. Got to be some sort of scheme like that. And then I went to my holistic doctor and she says, no, it's not. You got to find the right, the right people. Or she connected me with her, uh, her farm out in Colorado. I got some stuff. Uh, I tried it. And on a pain scale of one to 10, my pain was always at eight. Uh, I tried it. I was in my kitchen one time, tried it. And my eight, my pain went from eight to a three. Wow. Trying it. Wow. Standing there and my wife's looking at me and she's going, what's wrong? Like the pain in my Achilles went from an eight to a three. Well, you know, for a year I've been trying everything under the sun. Wife looks at me and goes, you know, you're a complete idiot. You will do anything to say that this stuff works just so you can go back to the gym and work out and compete again. So it's probably just a placebo. And I thought, I'm like, you know what? It might be. Could be. There is some truth to that. Yeah. For everybody who's listening, this is not uh, uh, recovery advice. I went into the gym and started doing double unders again just to see if I could get the pain back up to eight. Oh, yeah? How'd it go? It didn't move. It stayed at three. Oh. So it stayed on the product. And about within three months or so, pain completely gone and it's never come back. Impressive. That's awesome. 
So I was like, you know what, this is the stuff, you know, if we can get this stuff to my daughter, let's start formulating how we can do it. This stuff, the firefighters, let's create our own company. We contract, we contracted with the, uh, the farm out in Colorado. We started doing our formulations, especially THC free. Since I could, I could not take TH. I was, I tried to THC one, but I could not take it because my drug tests say, you know, we're going to pop positive. So I had to make sure I can get a THC free one that I wouldn't pop positive And it still worked like the one with THC. So we went through that for like about, eight months that was a massive headache because again uh the legalities of getting i don't know i mean banking and and everything is like i had my credit card company shut down like at least 10 times had to switch it was like a massive endeavor which would give me a headache but when i finally got up and going it was actually working well and that's when uh, my daughter actually passed away to this day, uh, five years ago, she actually overdosed. So it's been a little rough week, but we decided then that we needed to continue what she wanted to continue, which would always help other people get off opiates. And that's what we started more investigating more about the medical marijuana, plant-based medicine stuff. So, and just to clarify, was this more of the CBD or more of actual, like, you know, I know you said THC, but actual, the actual cannabis where... This was a federally legal uh, uh, CBD that had THC in it. Okay. okay. It, has, it has a little bit. They call it, most people, most companies will call it THC free because it's non-psychoactive, but right. it still has that 0.3% that if you take a piss test, you're going to pop positive, especially for firefighters uh, and police officers. So we, we can't touch any of that stuff, but yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Cause Florida is only a medical card only uh, state. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Virginia, don't, we're not, no, we're not allowed to, but DC, they, uh, you can sell it in DC, but I mean, DC is its own entity, but you also have to call it like it's a gift or something like that if you for selling that type of stuff or whatever. But in the, to your point, though, I mean, I've experimented a little bit with CBD, obviously the non THC one, but I mean, for a month, maybe is what I did it for just because I think it was, I mean, even right now, it's still kind of a rave a little bit. Just, you know, there's a lot of athletes talking about how they incorporate with their training routines. I, I think a lot of people who are under high anxiety stress are incorporating from what I'm understanding. But for me personally, I mean, I thought it helped me sleep better. And also as far as inflammation after my workouts and stuff, I don't know, but I felt more, you know, I don't, I don't go through pain like you were talking about, but I just felt like I did get better sleep and that, you know, I was more relaxed, so to speak, you know, like no pun intended, but you take the weight off your shoulders and you're just like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, I'm good. You know, no, no reason to worry about anything. So that's my experience with it. And I've never had any, side effects or anyone even tell me any side effects of it really that's what it is is basically i i call it more of a recovery tool than actually a, a enhancement tool you know sure. you're going to get the enhancement because you're going to be able like you said sleep better uh it's going to lower inflammation faster i used to actually take it when i was doing local competitions i would take it in between each workout to recover from them and i would feel awesome about it you know the cool thing about uh, a cbd is that it has both as two spectrums it has the one that can calm you like you said relax you make you go to sleep take the weight off your shoulders but also it has the the focus event that it can actually work for adhd patients that if you start thinking about something or doing something very intense or reading a book you'll be focused on it like mm. directly and actually finish that so it helped with the workouts because it calmed my heart right down but also let me focus and then at night it let me sleep so it was it was a wonder tool when you when you get a good product and you know that's very very hard to find now because every mom and pa wants to sell something and try to make some buck exactly. off trendy well, stuff. what's well, just like what you said going through the legal legalities of the whole process where people 
who are not, I'm not calling anybody out or anything, but people who are not educated on CBD automatic. If you say the word CBD, they think, okay, weed, that's marijuana or whatever. And this, you know, with THC, without THC, and they immediately write it off just because of, I guess the whole social or cultural narrative behind marijuana. And then it's like, oh, there's, you know, like what you were talking about with your wife, like, oh, you're just making that up. So you can just take this stuff and just saying it's helping you or whatever X, Y, and Z. But really there is, and even today in the modern world, there's a lot more research coming out where people are actually saying, Hey, you know, we did, certain case studies right here. And I, I don't know them specifically, but once I hear on podcasts, it's like, Hey man, there is something to this stuff. It's just not made up out of thin, thin airs so we can have, you know, marijuana legalized or whatever. Right. Exactly. exactly. That, that's one of the biggest reasons why I started my, the, the podcast I started with good dudes grow was basically, you know, I was, when it started to work for me and I started going through that path, I decided, you know what, I need to get my fellow firefighters involved. So let's go, let's go talk to, uh, human resources. Well, human resources looked at me like, uh, I, I just smoked something and then I was completely <laughs> myself and they slammed the door on me. I, I, I went to the fire, the fire administration and asked them and they went not a chance in hell. They slammed the door on me. Then I went to our health and wellness community. It's like, we know nothing about this. There's not a, if human resources is not doing it and they're not doing it, we're not doing it. And so I says, you know what? The stigma and miscommunication and misunderstanding of what this product is, especially the legal, uh, federally legal stuff that's non-psychoactive, that has absolutely no recourse to anybody taking it, needs to be put out there. So that's where I opened up my, my podcast and says, I'm going to have guests on from professional athletes, from entrepreneurs, physicians, everybody who's tried it and doing stuff with either cannabis or CBD, just to tell us their stories so that it can open the conversation. And yeah. It, it was it was actually one of the best moves I did. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, that's one of the things just with podcasts now that you start these conversations about, you know, maybe things that are not so sexy, quote unquote, to talk about. And then when you start to get professional athletes and advocates for CBD or whatever it is and start talking about the benefits of it and that, hey, you know, there's really not no side effects to it. Just that when I'm, you know, that it's good. Like there's nothing wrong with it. I don't see anything wrong with it. And I'm an advocate for it. And just, and even with MMA fighters, I was talking to with, well, I forgot who I was talking with, but we were talking about the effects of like MMA fighters use it in their training now, just be, and they feel more, what's the word am I looking? They feel more in depth with their bodies and the way they're moving, I guess. And they feel more like not relaxed, but they feel like more like you were talking about, like it focused and that just, zone area there you go he talks about. we want to get in the zone it there helps. you go that's what i'm trying to say. get there but at a nice calm relaxed state exactly yeah their flow state and just like how much better and and i don't know if they were talking about an actual competition if they are using it but they're in their training though they said it just excels their training to a new to a new level in which i was like wow man like i never would have thought that yeah, it was like I said. It, I used to dream my competitions. It, it was it was definitely a game changer. But like I said, but the funniest thing about the podcast, we want to go back to that, is that I had no clue what I was doing. Uh, I just started. <laughs> like everybody says, you know, what? I'm right there with you, man. Weirdest thing is like, who's gonna come on my show? Where am I gonna get these people? And next, you know, uh, I think the seventh episode, I had Tommy Chong on my show. Impressive, man. And I'm like, really. And I'm like, my God, I got Tommy Chong. And then I had Kyle Turley jump on my show. And then Rob Sims jumped on my show. And all these NFL players. I had a couple of NHL hockey players that won the Stanley Cup jump on my show. I'm like, all right, I'm on to something here. Everybody wants to tell their story. Let's give them a platform and do it. And so that's how it all started. And you know what? The coolest thing about it is that the people in my fire department that told me no back then. Now they want to come on. Well, now they're, they're a lot, they let me, I'm in a process of helping them change our testing procedures in our, our, our contract so that we can actually use a federal legal 
with as well as they created a uh, health and wellness committee where I'm the coach, where I'm the chairman of it to actually teach the firefighters how to use the stuff properly and what to use and what to look for and everything else. So now they're in tune with what exactly what it is because we, you know, the podcast and myself educated them. And that's all needs yeah. to be done is the education. Yeah. People yeah. just need to listen. Just start the conversations, man. Just get it going. And that's, it, you don't know where it's going to lead to. And just, I, you know, I still don't know what the hell I'm doing with my podcast, but it was one of those things. I just love podcasts. I wanted to have people on and talk things out that things that maybe I was just, I like to learn and I like to grow from that. And just things that I was not getting maybe in my everyday life, you know, just because, you know, I usually go to work, I go train for CrossFit and coach a couple classes, come home and then that's it. So I think I was missing something and now I get to have cool conversations that kind of stimulate the mind like this and talk, especially when it's cool people like you, man, Gary. So, <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah, man. But, and I guess, you know, I wanted to ask, and because in my, you know, I work out with a lot of police officers that come to my box or whatever, but in terms of the firehouse, I mean, do most of the firemen, or are they looking to always improve themselves, stay fit to a certain point, or is it just kind of matter no. of the, the firehouse or the matter no. of the group you're in? Okay. Because that's what I was thinking. It's, it's probably like a 50-50 kind of thing. Let's just say that, like, I, I have I have a... a a gay guy in my in my my crossfit gym. He's freaking hilarious. He's like, I thought all you firefighters are like the people in the calendar. He goes, You're not. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell happened to you people? <laughs> okay. It's called no sleep, eating when we can, eat what we can. It's that's you know that's that that's that's the sad truth. It's it's you know the the community in the fire department is actually if you think about it, it's basically a thirty year um, what do I call it? A frat house. Yeah. What it is. So everybody knows everybody, everybody knows everybody's family, everybody knows everybody's life, but it's consistently just eating what you can because you never know what the hell is going to go on next. You know, so you either got to cook it fast or, or try to do it. My station, I took over the cooking cause I don't like to eat crap. And so I got my station. They all work out now. They all, you know, they take the CBD products, you know, there's certain stations that people will take the lead on that. And I took the lead at our station. Everybody follows it now. Yes. So if you have somebody who's going to take that lead, then yeah, but most of the people would just rather just sit there, do their 24 hours and, you know, stuff their face, do their other calls and go home. Exactly. Exactly. Fortunately, hence the, uh, the, the big issues with a uh, heart attack when we retire and everything else. Yeah, but I mean that's pretty bad. You took or pretty badass is what I'm trying to say. That you took the initiative to say, "Hey, let's you know let's get our asses in gear," and like even taking over the cooking, man. I mean, just because I'm sure that just takes a weight off everybody's shoulders, just knowing that okay, we're not eating crap, and somebody doesn't mind even even if it's only you cooking. That's even you know you're sharing it with everybody, and you know you're fueling yourself the way that you should be fueling, which a lot of people miss out on just because in my work, and I'm not want to call anybody out, but they're always talking about. You know, lunch is always going to be some new fast food place or whatever they can get their hands on first, you know? Yeah. It's just like, man, what are y'all doing, bro? What are y'all doing? <laughs> really like, go go read something about it real quick. I mean, maybe once a week, whatever, that's fine. But damn, every day? Yeah. Every yeah. day. You know as well as I do, if you eat clean, we, we even once a week we go through and it's like, oh, really yeah. two days. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're wondering how these people do it like once a week, like, my God. <laughs> in the bathroom for like after three days after one mcdonald's or something you're got you're stuffing it every minute yeah I, I think it made it better for me once i started learning more about the way i do my nutrition and what works for me and how i feel good and stuff and that now you know if i and i'm not i'm not saying i'm perfect and i'm you know 100 clean and all that good stuff but you know i don't mind going out and getting a beer and a burger on a saturday night or whatever but 
that's like my treat now. And like, it means more to me when I do stuff like that, rather than just eating it every day that now it's okay. You know, Friday night or Saturday night going out, with, you know, the boys or whoever it is, people from the gym, like, Hey, let's get a couple of beers or whatever. And like, now it's like, okay, it hits the spot for me and like gives me the satisfaction that I'm looking for as opposed to every day. So. Yeah. Well, that that's, that's, I think the other people, it's more of a, a, a crutch or a, a habit. You make that decision. Like, you know what? I'm going to go out tonight and with the guys. Yeah, I'm going to go out. What the hell? You know what? I'll do it. You make that decision. You understand what the next day is going to come up with, how to actually recover, how to actually physically get back to where you were so you can get back to do what we're doing. Everybody else just, you know, they're going to do it and then they're going to be a slug for the next four weeks. And then, then that's it. You know, it's the same thing with the new year's resolutions. It's just, oh yeah, dude. all of this is a big list to fail. Why don't we stop worrying about new year's resolutions and wait till December 31st and write a list of all the accomplishments accomplishments we did let's not write a list of maybes let's write a list of stuff we actually did at yeah. the end not at the beginning of the year hoping we get it done yeah and was you know i know you you said you went to hr and was like trying to get everything good to go with your cbd stuff and all that i mean what's your you know your colleagues your team the fire i don't know firemen like right behind you with it were they kind of telling you like nah you know gary don't be doing this man this is probably a wrong duck road you don't want to go down on i mean or were they all like yeah man let's get into this let's do this bro my union said forget it don't even you know we're not not a chance dude this is not something we're bringing up and i'm like you got to bring it up i says i says here's the problem with with not bringing it up i says and here's the education i got them i says what most people don't understand is that when you come in contact with THC, whether it's secondhand smoke, whether it's a cream, whether you touch something, I says your body metabolizes it and creates the metabolites. You're not going to get high. You yeah. don't, I agree 100%. You can't get high in secondhand smoke, but your body will create the chemistry that these are drug tests tests for. So we're in, a, we're in a medical marijuana state. We have grow houses. We have patients who, 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 when we walk in, the whole house smells and are still smoking when we walk in there. While we're in there, we're inhaling that stuff. We, we get a random drug test the next day. We could pop positive saying that we, we did something. Oh. So what we're doing is we're doing a disservice, not only to the firefighters who are actually trying to help people, but you're putting up the city to a frivolous lawsuit because you can actually sue the city because you can prove that you, A, either you're taking the federally illegal stuff because it's no longer a controlled substance. And you can actually, there's this test that show active THC levels. So I says, why don't we just create a, a, a new test? Keep the test in there. Say we're still testing for marijuana because we don't want firefighters driving high. And, of you know, course. Down the road. And we don't want that. We understand that. I says, but let's change the test from a metabolite test, which is an inactive test, which the federally illegal stuff will actually pop us and go for a blood work test, which actually shows active THC levels. Then you can you can fight that they were impaired during their job because you have an active THC level. You cannot fight an inert, uh, non-psychoactive product that the government says is non-psychoactive. You, you can't fire me for... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Something that I can buy at Walmart. Of course. No. It just doesn't work. And that's where the, their eyes kind of opened, you know, but it was still bad. It was a still battle. My first battle was with the city attorney and he flat out sat there and he goes, well, you know, I did a, uh, I did, had something. The guy said he, he got high in secondhand smoke. And I says, you can't do that. You know, you can't get high and all that. And I sit there and I'm like, no, I agree. You can't get high, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the test that you're testing us for is a non-psychoactive. So we'll never be high anyways. Yeah positive so we just need to test it he goes oh you know what the problem is he goes the problem is that you know there's no way to show impairment i'm like yeah dude there's there's a blood test that you can show impairment oh well there's no levels well that's funny uh washington colorado canada all have a uh, levels of a five nanograms per, per per milliliter of blood there if you want a level use the level that their police use for your levels there it is of active ingredient there we go and then finally he sat back and looked at me. He goes, you know what? I'm no expert on this. He goes, it'll be up to the city now. Okay. Yeah. Well, free. you're not an expert. So just be quiet and stop trying to fight me on it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, clearly I got that when you're asking all these questions and apparently you didn't do your homework, bro. So <laughs> yeah, apparently you weren't prepared. <laughs> yeah. And he's probably getting pissed off that you were actually kind of taking him to school too at the same time. Oh, I, was, I was prepared. I read all the Florida statutes. Uh, I have, I have uh, with my, my facility that I'm building in Costa Rica, I have a, a legal team and I asked them all these questions and I, I went back and forth to prepare for so i got in there i had you know i was i was loaded i had freaking paperwork i had everything i was ready for him <laughs> yeah i love that man i mean i'm glad that you took the initiative and you know you went in there and prepared and you know you were just a badass thing to go in there and to take up the city take on the city attorney and just be like i ain't afraid of you bro like this is <laughs> the esquire behind your name don't scare me <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so you're building a facility in costa rica yeah. So what ended up happening is as the podcast grew, we started making partnerships and we started making uh, I, um, collaborations with people. And we started looking down the mental health aspect of it because nice. what happened with the with our hemp company, when we started providing it to firefighters. What ended up happening is that several firefighters phoned us afterwards and said, hey, dude, because what, I don't know what you gave me, but uh, I'm getting a divorce. Uh, I've been yelling at my kids. I've been having nightmares and stuff. But for a week on your stuff, those nightmares that were consistent on a daily basis are no longer consistent. They, they last and they disappear. And then slowly they went away. So whatever the product you gave us, it's been helping my 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 mental status. And you're talking about, like we said in the beginning of the show, type A personalities. Uh, for mental health in a fire department, they put a poster up that says, if you feel like hurting yourself, call this number. You know what? We're not calling any number to some dude we've never seen before. Of course. So that's not going to happen. And most people are, are don't feel comfortable with these people were willingly opening up and telling me that they had these problems. And I went, you know, what? here's 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 something uh, that's calming these guys down, helping let them to help sleep and letting them openly tell me that they have something, you know, seriously wrong that they can need some help with. So let's look down the mental health aspect of it. And we started going there and I started doing everything like that. And then I fell upon a uh, article from uh, Maps USA where they just did their MDMA study, which they're fast tracking uh, ecstasy through uh, the FDA for uh, PTSD, and it's shown that not are they not are they uh, treating it, but they're actually curing it. The seventy three percent of the people that went through their trial no longer associate or are diagnosed as a PTSD patient. Wow. 
blew my mind. So I started investigating uh, psychedelics and everything. And to make a long, long story short on how this has been going on for three years, is I says, how can we create a, a treatment center to where firefighters, veterans, uh, professional athletes, because we're also looking into uh, concussion and traumatic brain injuries and CTE, how can we look at this in the United States and create a center to treat these people? Well, hold and behold, I investigated it was going to cost something like 500 or 700 million dollars. Wow. Like, wow, that's 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 a lot of money. So that's exactly. that's not gonna happen. But you know, how can we do this? So I says, let's find reasons to do this. So I went in and talked to the patients. And I says, let's talk to the patients. Patients, yeah, we're all in. We like this. Uh, let me talk to my doctor. So most patients, when you talk to cannabis or psychedelics, are like, yeah, great idea. Let me ask what my doctor thinks. Well, if you ever talk to a doctor, your physician about cannabis or CBD, and he's not informed or psychedelics, they're they're going, not happening. Don't exactly. do it. Exactly. Don't take it. It's useless. And every doctor in Canada or here, for some reason, seems that their protocols are the world's best protocols for anything that anybody can do. And you can't go anywhere else because my stuff, my shit's the shit. Like, do what I tell you and you'll be cured. But yet it never works that way. So I said, so how do we change the doctor's minds? Are we going to get to doctor's associations? Well, how do we do that? Well, we need data. Well, we need to click, click, click clinical data. I'm like, so now we need to build a clinical trial unit. I'm like, oh my God, this is getting a little complicated. And I'm like, but we can do this. And so we went, we looked at Latin America, says, let's find a place where it can cost us a third of the price to do all this, not 700 million, but maybe like something like 25 million or something else. And we can create this center that we can go and treat people. As we're treating them, we can collect real-time data and clinical data, but we need to have it at the same healthcare benefits that are actually in the United States. Well, Costa Rica, is actually their healthcare is at the same level as Health Canada, which is at the same level of the FDA. Okay. So what most people don't understand about Costa Rica is they're they're ranked seventh and seventh globally as a medical tourism medical tourism country. In other words, people wow. go down there for plastic surgery, knee replacements, hip replacements, dentist work, and everything else. Why do they go down there? Because cost is thirty to seven thirty to seventy percent cheaper than the United States. Wow, I didn't know. That. And they take United States healthcare. Wow. I said, well, this is interesting. How do we get down there? I checked the laws and it says they're not even, they don't even do cannabis down there. Everything is illegal. Well, lo and behold, while I was investigating, I connected with somebody. At that same time I was looking, they were signing the legislation for their medical cannabis bill. Uh, and I got in contact with the congresswoman there and we became good friends. And we went down and we started talking what we're going to do. And she started introducing me to the uh, uh, house speaker, to the medical tourism uh, minister. And we started saying, okay, well, this can be actually be done. So we created partnerships in the UK, Australia, Canada, and the United States, as well as in Costa Rica to be able to do not only psychedelics, but cannabis. Think of it as a, Sandals Resort underneath a medical oversight. Sure. That's fully inclusive and has its own uh, full uh, CBD and cannabis restaurant. All for treatment of PTSD, mental illness, concussion therapy, and traumatic brain injuries, as well as collecting clinical data to bring to the FDA so that when the United States roll it out, we have a intellectual property showing that here's what we want to use for concussions here's what you use for depression here's what you use for ptsd so as they roll out these centers in the united states we're already rolling out our protocols that we've studied in in latin america yeah gary that's badass man and just and to your point you basically already said that but that's one thing also with psychedelics 
that I've been hearing as far as, like you said, mental health and I think uh, concussions and just people with this PTSD and brain injuries in general that I know Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore is doing a lot of research behind that and just talking about how psychedelics is helping these specific group of people improve as far as our brain function. And, and, and like, and it's just like, wow, like, you know, it's, it's immediately shut off again. Like we were talking about earlier with like weed and cannabis and even CBD. That's like, Oh, it's psychedelics. That's a, that's a no, you don't do that around here. But now, you know, even starting these conversations where, you know, people like health advocates are talking about, Oh yeah. Microdose with certain psychedelics. And I've never done it. So I can't really speak to it much, but I know people who are, I don't know them personally, but people who have talked about it, this say in their daily lives, how much it just improves their, uh, demeanor you know like i don't like i want a completely different scale they go through life a lot better and just that and it's like so cool that here in 2023 now that all this stuff is starting to say that's been written off immediately for years years and years now we're coming along and like hey we're, we're changing the game on things now and we're saying like hey yeah it's actually there's something to it rather than just that it's not bad like yeah maybe too much of it could be bad i don't know again i've never done psychedelics in any form or fashion but yeah, I don't know, but it's just like man, things are changing, and I think it's changing for the good. It is. It is. It's, it's going to. It's going to change the landscape in the future. It's slowly. It's slowly coming through. But the biggest issues that we wanted, and this is what we we looked at, and, and that's why we're doing it this way underneath medical oversight. There's current retreats you can go to in Costa Rica, do ayahuasca. And I was going to ask about that. But the problem is, it's not underneath a medical a medical supervision, and the problem is, you get a firefighter who is suicidal. Uh, who says ayahuasca is going to change his life, pays all this money, goes to these, you know, this, this retreat and takes his medication. There's no medical background taken. There's no integration to understand what he's going through. There's no uh, past medical history. There's, you know, there's a lot of places that are just working it to get the money. Cause that's the new fad right now. Cause psychedelics. Yeah. So psychedelics can be good, but they might not be good. You know, ayahuasca may be good for you, but it may not be. So if you have yeah. no way of actually figuring it out, you know, it's going to be a trouble, trust, troublesome thing later on down the road. And that's not what we want to do. We wanted to create a pathway to people who want to use psychedelics. Let's figure out, Hey, you listen, you heard about ayahuasca. Well, we're going to do something called precision medicine, which means we're going to take some blood work, some DNA and see if ayahuasca is actually feasible for you to actually use. It may not be, and we'll push you to a psilocybin or maybe an MDMA or LSD route, which is more probable for what you're looking for. And the fact is maybe by talking or pre-integration, you may not even be uh, psychedelics may not even be for you. Mm. Just think that it is because uh, the whole the whole everybody's talking about it. You know, it just might be somebody you need to talk to or something else, or or the medication you're on might just might be fine. And that's the biggest thing I say is we wanted everybody to understand that the safety and the side effects on everything, so that when they make those decisions, yeah, you know, give, them, give them this research, man, yeah. And for the thing on John Hopkins, John Hopkins is doing some awesome research, but the problem with John Hopkins research is that it's in a hospital. So it's like a firefighter or, or somebody who's having mental illness problems, they don't want to feel like they're going to an asylum to get treatment. Oh, they want to feel comfortable. And where do you feel comfortable normal? It's a wellness, a wellness center on vacation. This is where you're going to be able to open up because because psychedelics, you want to let free, let open up. And while you're sitting in a, a medical bed with medical equipment and doctors, you're really not going to, you know, let loose and, and, you know, do let the medications do what they want. That's why we feel that the new uh, wellness centers are going to be the upfront runners that are going to use these medications for treatments because they're going to be able to have set and setting to make people feel more comfortable while they do yeah. it, as long as there's a medical oversight to it. 
Yeah, like you said, you know, if you're going to a nice little resort where you feel free and happy and just at home, basically, yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, this is the way to do it, and you're doing it right, it sounds like. But And, th- and this might be a very vague or broad question, but, you know, overall, I mean, what is the mental state of firefighters? I mean, do you see mostly they're all kind of going through some type of shit in their own way, or it's usually just everyone's kind of just a go with the flow type person. I mean, and the reason I'm asking is because I don't really know, but I just know that from what I've heard from other people on podcasts, you know, police officers and or firefighters just talk about, you know, the shit they've seen and had to go through and like even people they've helped and stuff. And it just play, you know, even it just plays in their mind over and over. And it's just hard to handle or even fathom those type of stuff, especially when you've never been like, you know, seen things that you've through your eyes that I've never seen. So I guess that's my question is like, is, I mean, if that's a good question, I don't even know if it's a good question, but what is the mental health state of a firefighter? I mean, do you think it's usually above average? Is it right at average, below average? Is, is there a lot of people suffering in silence, I guess? We're all fucked up. That's it, what I was- it, it's, I'll be honest with you. It, it, this is what what really, and, you know, I am, I'm very happy, you know, Lamar made it through his, 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 his drop on the field. But when all the, these broadcasters go, you know, oh, it's the first time the players saw that. They're traumatic. It, the audience saw it as traumatic. That is one call in a day for us that we will guarantee probably see for 30 years. Wow. Guaranteed once a day. And I always tell everybody else, this is what I, this is what a firefighter, this is what the firefighters have. And I, I, I got this from my podcast. And you can actually talk with the, you can actually listen to it with the, with Sean, the uh, Navy SEAL. Uh, on my podcast and he actually says you know what we we thank you guys because you see probably more shit than we'll see wow and that's what happens because if you go to the military you sign up for the military i'll give you a quick scenario that i tell everybody else. No. there's two there's two windows think of two two movies if, if you see a military movie you're going to see blood uh explosions uh people being shot and everything else and you look at backdraft how many body parts have you seen how many people got sliced how many people got burnt nothing okay okay but the problem is, if you go into a burning building to save somebody, it's about 1,400 degrees. That person is basically cooking in an oven. To pull that person out of there, we have to grab them. By grabbing them, their skin is coming off their body. That skin is sticking to our gloves. It's in our nose. We have to put them inside of a, a rescue, try to find some sort of vein to actually give them some fluids and everything else. And we're doing this within an hour and stuff. That is one call. Immediately after that, we don't get a break. There might be a kid drowning in a pool or somebody, motorcycle who's been T-boned. So that is what we see. And then we sign on a dotted line for 30 years, 20 to 30 years that we guarantee we're going to do this job. Otherwise, we don't get our retirement. The military works in two to four year increments. If you go on tour, you come back, you don't have to go back unless you want to go back. Or you know you went or, or they need something it, right. as far as far as I, as far as I know, so you know that that's the biggest difference. Most people understand the stuff that we see on a daily basis. People will not imagine the stuff we see. Exactly yeah. same thing when my daughter died an overdose. I I bring people back from the dead from overdoses every time I'm on shift at least once. My daughter Damn. nobody can get her back. Why? You know, that play, every time I bring somebody back, it's like, well, how come nobody brought her back? How come, you know, it, it's that consistent thing. So, yeah, 
basically firefighters are pretty messed up in the brain. And, but like I said, in the beginning, we're type A personalities. Our job is to be calm while everybody else is freaking out. Sure. So we compartmentalize everything. And then we take that home. So when, when our wives or our kids say you have no empathy, it's not that we don't have empathy. We've seen the highest of highest emergencies. It doesn't freak us out. Yeah. We're not going to flip out. We're not, it's not that we're not empathetic. We don't know what you're going through. We're just not going to freak out. We're just going to, you know, go into freaking you know, firefighter mode and fix exactly. whatever needs to be fixed. Damn Gary. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, and that's a good point too, just because I've heard in other areas where people say, Oh, you're just desensitized to certain things or whatever, but it's just, that's a good way to put it. your point was spot on. Just like, you know, no, I'm not desensitized to it. I just know, go into, like you said, firefighter mode or help mode or whatever it is, just because you know how to react. And just, you know, there was, I don't want to get, I'll tell you off the air, but there was one point in my life where I saw something and, I didn't know how to react. You know, I was that guy just, you know, but luckily there was somebody beside me who was trained and knew exactly what they're doing as far as they used to be in um, rather than ambulance or whatever, an EMT. That's what I'm trying to say. And just, they went into go mode. So that's the first time I actually saw it firsthand was like, Oh shit. You know, this is the difference. This is what separates the man from the boys where I'm just sitting back and had no clue what to do. And was just kind of even freaked out by what was going on. And while, you know, they did their thing and everything came out. Okay. Of course, at the end of it, but it was just like, wow, this is the thing that, you know, the entertainment industry is not really showing you that. I guess they're just trying to show you to get the views and the likes and the eyes on everything rather than just, you know, okay, this is the real shit. This is the real perspective. You know, just like what you said, pulling somebody out of a 1400 degree building and their skin's basically coming off, you know, and just, yeah, they might be on a TV show or something, but you just don't really know what that shit's like. Right. So yeah, well, how many people do you see the skin coming off that pulls yeah. out nine one one or whatever on their shows, they come out and they, you know, they have a little dust on their face. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we saved them. Never, ever did they see exactly what those patients look like. Or, you know, it, it, I, I apologize for people who, whose parents passed away, you know, the 90 year old woman who you cracked a rib while you're doing CPR you know, and you feel that you feel that crack while you're doing it, trying to save the lady's life. It's just, you know, it, it's things like that you go through because it's your it's your career. It, yeah. it, it's what you signed up to do, you know, and a lot of people I've seen a lot of people get hired, go on their first call where it's a car wreck or, or an amputation from a motorcycle being T-boned. And they said, we're done. I'm out. It's not not for me. You know, it's 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 difficult to try and, you know, not be like oh my god you know look the you know the, we had a we had an accident uh a couple of weeks ago where you know, the guy was basically if you think about you buy a rotisserie chicken and you you know you want to share with your friends you cut it down the middle and you open it up that's basically what the patient was on a motorcycle he got he yeah. ran he on a motorcycle and a motorcycle went right down the middle of him and you know he was still alive and talking and we had to do what we had to do to try and get him to the hospital you know that that's the thing it's you know, it's what you do. And next thing you know, you just go home and you cook some food, eat, watch it, and go to the next one. Yeah. It, it's 20 or 30 years like that. And that's why I tell people, it says my goal with, with my facility is not, we get something called a life scan every year. Basically, they scan our bodies for uh, lumps, masses, our yeah. organs looking for cancer, everything else, because they want to give firefighters a chance to live longer. Sure. They don't scan anything neck up. 
Mm. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get, you know, access to cannabis or psychedelics where firefighters, first responders, military people who are still on active duty can have a place they can go so that that time once a year, they can actually do a, a session with somebody and not let this stuff build up so that they don't, they can make it to the end of their career and don't commit suicide. Don't drink themselves to death. Don't get addicted to pills. You know, don't do those stuff. Let's create something more for these people who, who you know, for guys like us who decided to put all our, our, our eggs, our lives on the line for everybody else that we've never heard of. We don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. And you said they don't do that life scan from the head up. It's always the neck down. Always the neck down. They do nothing with the brain. So it's like, okay, dude, that's, you know, that's where we're all messed up is the head, you know? Okay. Yeah. So definitely. We'll get some cancer and stuff from some of the stuff we go into, but you know, 30 years of never checking the noggin is definitely going to build up and, you know, you know, I've had five to six fellow firefighters commit suicide in the last five years. It's just, you know, they just can't do it. It's is, is that just because, uh, you know, I know we kind of said earlier in the podcast that, you know, conversations like, you know, talking about mental health and cannabis and CBD, like, you know, they're kind of sexy now and they're able to come out, you know, just saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm suffering. I'm, I'm struggling right here. And then maybe, I don't know, 10, 15, even 20 years ago that, you know, you really, weren't allowed to kind of say that you were feeling bad or you were going through something that, you know, it wasn't like the cool thing to do, I guess, you know, like you just don't walk into the firehouse or even to the gym or wherever it be and just say, you know, man, like I'm not right today. Y'all it's like, I'm going through some shit. You know, you, you just didn't do that. It's like kind of saying like, you know, if you have a, I don't know, a ED problem, you just don't walk into a party, but Hey, guess what I got going on? You know, I can't get my dick up, man. So you just don't do shit like that. But now it seems like, it's more accepting for people to to say like, Hey man, you're not the only one going through some shit. Let's, let's talk about it, man. And just, if you just want to talk, that's cool. If you don't want to talk, if you just want to listen, just do it. You know, is that, is that kind of makes sense? What I'm trying to say, I guess. Yeah. It makes a hundred percent sense. And there's, and there's still some old timers will actually tell you to, you know, be quiet. It's your job, you know, get in line, you know, we need to make sure you, you know, get your head on straight. Cause you know, it's a team thing. Sure. You're gonna, you're, you know, they're all going to say, if you need the hug squad or whatever, you know, they make fun of you and stuff like that. So people are still not going to talk about it, but it's slowly, the mentality is slowly changing. What the problem is right now is that administration and, 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 and uh, human resources don't acknowledge PTSD. So they may not pay for your healthcare. They may not pay for, for treatments. They may not pay for that. So even if you've been diagnosed with something and you're having some traumatic event, you have to fight your employer that gave you that traumatic event to actually get paid for. You know, one of the podcasts I had, I was talking to a firefighter out in Colorado. He, that was his biggest issue. He had to retire early, you know, because he couldn't take it anymore. He had to retire early and he had to fight and sue his department to pay for his medical bills for what, you know, he saw while he was on the department. And I don't think that's fair. I don't think, you know, you can ask somebody to go through all this stuff, see all this crap that nobody else sees and not give them the benefit of the doubt or, or exactly. accept the fact that they don't have PTSD or some sort of trauma. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just so we said earlier that where I, you know, even me, like I haven't seen the type of shit that you've seen in your, in your lifetime or through your eyes or in your shoes, whatever you want to say. And, you know, and I have a couple of friends who've gone through types of addic addiction of, you know, and I don't want to tell their business on here, but, you know, but, and, and to your point though, when they say like, Hey man, you know, I'm kind of, I just can't stop watching porn or whatever. And I was like, man, just stop watching. It's that easy. Just don't watch it. But I don't really understand like what's really going on in their brain. Like for me, it's on the outside looking in and just somebody who just, you know, really just goes to, goes to work, goes, works out, comes home and talks to people like you all day that just, I don't really get what's going on inside their brain. So it's easy for me to say that. And I just can't 
you know, for me, I just can't comprehend like, oh, what are they really going through? Like, and it's, it sucks because I wish I was like, because it sounds so stupid and ignorant for me to say something. Man, just don't do it, dude. Just go watch Netflix or something. Like, it's that easy, but it's not that easy. No. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's more than just that. And then again, you talk about 20 or even 10, 10 years of compartmentalizing, you know, your feelings. It's just not going to come out one day and go, Hey, like you said, guess what? (laughs) My dick don't work. (laughs) It just doesn't come out. There's it's, conditioned to stay in you're conditioned to be the tough guy you're conditioned listen you're going you're running into the burning buildings while everybody's running out you know while everybody's screaming you're you're calm and doing what you have to do you're conditioned to do that so unless you know it's it's comfortable the setting is good and 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 your mind decompartmentalizes you're not gonna it's not gonna affect you until that one time you're gonna see a call you know it's kind of like you know right now every time i this week with my with my daughter, everything else. Right now is you know, every time we see pictures of her and we we post some stuff about her and everything else, it you know, it brings back the, the those feelings. And, and that's what 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 PTSD ends up happening is that one person's gonna get a call where he's gonna pick up a young kid that's been drowned in a pool and can't save him, and it's gonna set him off. And it's he won't be able to come back because he won't be able to function. And, and that's what I'm trying to stop from happening. So, and I think you know, with psychedelics and cannabis, with proper guidance and everything else, I think these medications will be a lot better than actually just doping a guy up on antidepressants and SSRIs. Because, you know, most of those are just basically treating a symptom or masking a symptom to give you a different symptom, which causes another issue, which causes this, which causes that. And now you're on loads of medications. And what ends up happening is what do all those medications say? Chances of suicide. Yes. Why? Why am I taking this? I've already want to commit suicide. So you're going to put me on a pill that a chances I'm going to, you know, I'm going to commit suicide. What? Yeah. When they say all that shit super fast at the end of each commercial or whatever, you know, you, Hey, you might have diarrhea, headaches, heart attack, chances of psoriasis, like all this random shit. Like, what the fuck am I getting into here? <laughs> I thought I was trying to get some help. I, bet, I like the best one is always the one that's the best one. Uh, I don't remember the name, but this is going to, you have tremors in your hand. Take this pill or stop the tremors, side effects, tremors. I'm like, okay, I'm not- <laughs> On how, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, how do I know it's working if it's giving me tremors? I'm a little confused. Yeah, dude, damn. And then, you know, and I, I want to ask this and just that, you know, when, when your daughter passed, I mean, with you just continuing wanting to help firefighters and help people get better with themselves mentally, physically, and is that kind of what kept you going at the time? Just knowing that, hey, I want to help people. I want to do good in this world. I want to you know, educate people with cannabis and CBD and all that good stuff rather than, cause you know, that's something I couldn't even imagine going through. And it just seems like, you know, you seem like to be, have a good head on your shoulders. You know what you want out of life and you know, you very seem very disciplined and that, Hey, I'm just, I can move forward from this and I can learn from this and I can be better. I can help, you know, it sucks. I went through this, but I can help others. Right. A lot of that I learned, I learned, I learned through, to be honest, I learned through CrossFit, basically the determination of, you know, small steps to equal big goals. You know, if you can't do a hundred pull-ups, do one pull-up, do it. You can do one, you can do a hundred. It's slowly understanding that, but what I'm creating was she started, it was basically her idea. And the reason why I'm creating it is to always have her with me, you know? So, so this is her legacy. This is not me. It's, what she wanted and by doing this is creating her never to be out of my life so, so 
everything that I'm doing is basically fundamentally for her. So it always brings her memory because it's always her. And what really 100% helped me get a lot over it. And this is what I, this is what I'm trying to tell everybody else is continuously going on podcasts and talking about it. Yes. Instead of compartmentalizing it and keeping it inside the ability to understand that what happened to her is an effect of us now helping people. Unfortunately, it happened, but I guarantee you she's watching from what we're doing from above and that she's going to be, you know, always with us by getting this 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 mission done and this project off the ground. Cool. Gary, I think it's a good way to take this podcast home right there on that right there, man. That's beautiful. Um, if people want to find you or just anything you want to plug in general and your podcast and just anything, just feel free to do that. If people want to help the uh, the first responders, uh, we do have a 5013C that's connected to our organization out in Costa Rica. It, you can go to Innovative uh, Promises, InnovativeRecovery.com. Uh, that's our site for our facility. There's a donation page on there. You can go and donate. It's tax deductible, so your donations are, are more welcome than anything else. 100% of it goes to, to what we're building and goes to helping firefighters, whether it's getting them access to CBD or or actually even get a trip out to uh, different facilities until ours are built. That's it. If you want to reach out to me, uh, my Instagram is uh, Good Dudes Grow Podcast. It's uh, And then same thing, Good Dudes Grow Podcast on Facebook. And basically, it's Promises Recovery on LinkedIn. You can reach me out any there. You can send me questions. You want questions about CBD, cannabis, anything, but, you know, I'm here to help you out, send you in the right direction. Cool. Gary, you're a badass too, man. I'm glad we did this and appreciate you coming on here and enlighten me and hopefully some other people. And yeah, like I said, you're a badass dude, man. So I appreciate it, man. I had a blast. It was great. Great conversation. Good, man. Thanks, man. All right, folks. Uh, any last messages or are you good? I'm good, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. We're out of here, folks. See ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.